Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. By special request. So if you have a special request, be sure to see Miss Ginger. <laughs> and just in case you didn't know, that is by Ludwig von Beethoven. All right. <laughs> well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis. Genesis. And our, our message this morning is Noah. Noah, a special man for a special time. You know that uh, Noah uh, is listed as one of the 
three most righteous people to have ever lived. And Noah, Job, and Daniel. Isn't that something? Amen. Noah was quite the man. A man for his time. A man born for a specific purpose and in a very specific time. So I'd like you to turn to the fifth chapter. We're going to look, first of all, at chapter 5 and then at a couple of other uh, verses. But Genesis chapter 5 and beginning at verse 28. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. After he begot Noah, Lamech lived 595 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh which is in the breath of life, or rather, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, 
you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Let's pray. Our Father in God, again, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as we study your holy word, Father, we pray that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. Illumine our understanding. We thank you, O Lord, for the faithfulness of Noah. But above that, O Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness to your word, your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Now, O Lord, speak to us, we pray. May our hearts be open to receive your truth, to the glory and to the honor of the Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray for anyone here who is struggling with a commitment. We pray that you will give them, O Lord, the courage to make that commitment and to step out for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So who was Noah? Well, we just read there. I think most everyone knows the story of Noah and the flood. And notice that uh, in this passage that we read, his father Lamech prophesied concerning the life of Noah. And what's really interesting is Adam, who is Noah's great-great-great-great-grandfather many times back, died just a little while after Lamech was born. So Lamech was, was alive and knew his great-great-great-great, you know, going all the way back to Adam. But Adam went home to be with the Lord just a little while before Noah was actually born. Methuselah, the man who lived longer than any other human that we know of, Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. And we looked at, um, at Enoch last week, who was one of the two men that the Bible says never died. They were raptured up into heaven, like the church is going to be raptured up into heaven one day. But Methuselah, so you can, you can imagine as uh, Noah's a little boy sitting on his grandfather Methuselah's knee. And Methuselah speaking to Noah about his great-grandfather Enoch, who walked with God and was taken by God up into heaven. Very, very special relationship. Noah, of course, is a descendant of Seth, the son of Adam. And we say the descendant of Seth, the son of Adam, because you'll recall that Seth was the son who took the place of godly Abel, who was slain by Cain. You'll recall that when Cain 
slew his brother that the Lord God spoke to Cain and said that your brother's blood cries out to me from the earth. And he put a mark on Cain and he was exiled. And so the godly line then came through Seth. Now, Noah's name means rest or relief. Consistent with his father Lamech's prophecy concerning the rest. And he spoke specifically about the rest that would be given to the earth concerning the curse that the Lord had placed upon it because of our parents, Adam and Eve, who chose to disobey God. As we move on, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God has always saved by grace. Always saved by grace. People make a tragic mistake by thinking that by keeping rules and laws, etc., that somehow that guarantees them a place in heaven. That is not what the Bible teaches. No one can ever be good enough in their own power to go to heaven. One uh, scholar has put it this way, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because Noah, like the rest of us, was a sinner. And so he was forgiven. They teach it to, to uh, preach three-point sermons in the, in the seminary. And so this writer, of course, wrote, he was forgiven, faithful, and fruitful. See? <laughs> well, he was definitely forgiven. But the Bible makes it very clear that he lived a very godly life. Yes, he was a sinner like the rest of us. But you know, there are sinners. And then there are sinners. <laughs> and then, whoa, then there are some really terrible sinners. But the Bible teaches that you, if you offend at one point, then you're guilty of breaking the whole law. And grace is defined as the blessing of God's divine favor, which God bestowed upon Noah. Unearned, unmerited favor. And that Hebrew word is hen, hen. And it carries the idea of this wonderful blessing of God that he bestows. And he bestowed it upon Noah. And why? Because Noah was a just man. That means that he was faithful. And over in Second Peter, we read that Noah was a, a preacher of righteousness. You say, well, when did he preach? He preached during the time that he was building that ark. Now, you need to understand that he didn't have, you know, a DeWalt uh, battery-powered or electric-powered you know, powered, uh, uh, saw, hand saw, or a table saw. You follow? Yet he built, he built an ark, a ship, a floating vessel that is estimated to be about the size of a modern-day cruise ship. 
Imagine that. And he had to cut down all of those trees. And the Bible teaches that, or we can deduce that it, that it, it, it took about a hundred years. Because it was about 120 years, we believe, from the time that God gave Noah the revelation of what was to come until the time of the flood. And it was a good thing he had three sons. Now there are some people, and we, we refer to these as, as purists, and that's not necessarily the most positive term, although it's not really a negative, but it could be uh, uh, viewed negatively. They say, no, Noah built it, no one else, and no one else helped it. Now come on. <laughs> you suppose maybe his wife might have helped him a little? You suppose that, that maybe his sons might have helped him just a little? I think so. I, I think it was a, a family, a family project. They all worked together. And so he was a just man, a preacher of righteousness. Now, how do you suppose his message went over with people? When he said, there's a flood coming. And can you imagine when he had, you know, the, the skeletal structure of the, of, of the ark in place? People coming by, scratching their head, thinking, what in the world is this crazy man doing? Building a boat on dry land? How in the world is he going to get that you know, to the water? Oh no, Noah said, the water is coming here. And you can imagine what, uh, what they must have said and how they must have responded. Yeah, right. Good luck with that. <laughs> but the scripture goes on to say that he was perfect in his generations. That is, he was a complete man. He was complete in his faith. He was complete in his relationship with the Lord. There was, there was no question in his mind of who God is. The impact of grandparents and great-grandparents in the lives of their grandchildren. You make a difference just as Methuselah no doubt spoke to Noah and told him all the wonderful stories and filled his heart and his mind with the knowledge of God and, and God's people. You, we have the responsibility and the tremendous privilege of sharing God's word with our grandchildren, with our children and our grandchildren. And even though our children may be in their 50s or, or 60s or 40s, whatever the case might be, they're still your children. And their children are your grandchildren. And by God's authority, you have the right to share God's word with them. Even though they may disagree, you still have that right. 
It is a God-given right, and the government cannot dictate that because that authority is given by God himself. Never forget that, and don't forsake that, because you don't know but that one of your grandchildren may be the next Billy Graham in the generations to come, or the next Lottie Moon or Annie Armstrong, the next missionary who goes around the world sharing the love of Christ. Noah was perfect in his generations. How different Noah was from the norm of his time. How different he was from the norm of his time. We just read there that the entire human race had become corrupted. Corrupted, immoral, dishonest, full of greed, no boundaries. Now when we read that the Bible says that it that God was sorry or that it grieved his heart. And I've shared this, this fancy, you know, 50 cent word with you before. God is using what we refer to as anthropomorphisms. He uses human language to describe the divine. God didn't make any mistakes because God doesn't make mistakes. Understand? God already knew what would happen. That's why the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. You see, the unbeliever says, well, you know, things didn't go so well in the garden for God, you know. I thought he was a perfect God. So he had to come up with plan B. No, there was no plan B. It had already been determined that Christ would come. The Messiah would come first as the suffering servant, as the lamb, the sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin. He would return back to heaven from which he came, but one day he will return. And we're getting closer and closer and closer. Keep your eye and your heart and your prayers on Israel. We don't know how things will develop. But we know this. God has a plan. And God will see his plan through. Violence, greed, sexual immorality, dishonesty, you name it. But Noah was a perfect man a righteous man, a just man, complete in his moral character, blameless. Some of, the, some of the versions use the term blameless. He sought to please God. And notice, as we move on here, notice like his, his grandfather Enoch, Noah walked with God. He walked with God. Or in other words, he had an intimate relationship with God. So many people think that if you, if you give your life to God, if you give your life to the Lord, that you'll not have any fun in your life. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. When you come to know the Lord as your Savior, you actually discover what real fun is. 
And you, you don't have to worry about waking up and uh, running to, the, to hug the toilet in the morning, puking your guts out. Like so many in the world spend, you know, the, the day after they've been out having a good time. Noah had an intimate relationship with God, and God revealed his plans to Noah. I tell you, it, it is so irritating to me, and I, I, I'm, I'm still learning to be more patient. Um, but when I hear Christians, people who say that they believe in God and don't believe that God speaks to them, it, it just, it actually it angers me is what it does. Because it's a lie. It is not true. God does speak to his children. Now, the primary way that God speaks to his children is through his holy word. He speaks to us through his word. But he speaks to us through his created order. If we would but open our ears and our, our heart and our spirit and our mind to both see and to hear, you would be amazed at what you'll hear God say. Noah walked with God, and God revealed his plans to Noah. And then Noah listened. You notice that? He listened to God, and he obeyed God. And when God lays upon your heart something that he wants you to do, or something that he wants you to say, here's the wonderful truth. If you'll act upon that, you'd be amazed at what God will do in your life. He was a man of faith. He and his family were blessed as a result of it. You notice, and we haven't read the whole story of the, of the flood, but you know the story. After the ark was built, the Lord brought the animals to Noah. Noah didn't have to go out and get the animals. Only those animals, birds, etc., creeping things as we read, that God intended to save were the ones that came to the ark. You see, God is able to speak to the animals and the animals obey. It's us, right, that have the have the problem <laughs> listening and obeying the animals they listen and isn't it amazing they all line up and they they walk right in right into the ark and as a result of his faith in God and his obedience to God his family was also blessed they were saved his sons and his daughters-in-law as well as his own wife. We are all the offspring of Noah. We come from one of those three sons. Generally, Shem is the grandfather of those who live in, in the Middle East. 
And then, of course, he, you know, he had several sons, and, and, uh, and so the various different tribes, etc. Here's an amazing thing. Shem was alive when Abraham was alive. And actually, some estimates are that Abraham was actually born and died before Shem died. You go through there and you do the, the timeline. And Noah was alive after the flood until Terah was born. And who is, who is Terah? That's Abraham's father. And stop for a moment and think about all of that. Because people say, well, you know, how, do they, how did they know all these things happened? Well, Noah was alive, and do you suppose he might have shared that with, with his sons, and, and his sons might have shared that with their kids? You follow? Amen. Amen. That's right. And that's why we, as grandparents, need to share God's truth with our grandchildren and with our children. Fewer people, sadly, fewer people in the United States of America are sharing the Bible with their families. And the U.S. is in a backslidden condition. That is, the church in the U.S. is in a backslidden condition. It shouldn't surprise us as Christians that a non-Christian, that, that someone that doesn't believe in God, is living the way that they're living. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament says... He gives this whole list of all of the various types of behaviors, and he says, and of such were, were some of you. Before coming to know Christ the Savior, you lived like that yourself. But now that you've come to Christ, you know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And you see, we shouldn't expect our government or the politicians or the world, for that matter, that rejects the Bible, that rejects God, that rejects God's standard to live and to act and to do the things that they do, that shouldn't surprise us. The human race has been doing that from the beginning of time. And make no mistake about it, God chose one man. And there were millions of people living on the earth at that time. Because the earth at that time was well over a thousand years old. It's, uh, it's estimated may have been 1,500 years old or even older before the flood came upon the earth, just going by the, the ages of the patriarchs. And there's some, you know, there's, there, there, there's a little um, question there because, uh, for example, over in uh, the book of Matthew, it says, and Jesus was the son of David. Was Jesus the son of David? <coughs> he was the great, 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 you know, how many, uh, 14 generations, right? So he was the great grandfather of David. And so we don't know in between how many generations exactly, because generally those who were noteworthy personalities were the ones who were listed. So we don't know exactly how many years, but it's estimated, you know, around 1,500 years, maybe more, before the flood came. But we know this. They didn't have any birth control in those days. 
And most men had more than one wife. You see the difference between Noah and the rest of those people that he lived with? And notice that when God told Noah that the animals would come, how would they come to him? That is, would those animals be confused about whether they were a male or a female? No, the animals weren't confused. He said they would come two by two, the male and his female. Very important. Well, as we bring this to a close, what do we learn from these passages? First, God is sovereign Lord of all creation. He is sovereign Lord. God has all authority. Not some, all. All authority. And as, your ch as his children, we, the Bible teaches, he sent us out with his authority to proclaim his truth. And that is God's agenda. In our Sunday school lesson, it uh, pointed out that uh, uh, people have their own agendas. But the church, the church's agenda is to be God's agenda. Now, to be sure, in many churches, individuals have their own agendas. But our agenda is to be God's agenda. And what is God's agenda? God's agenda is that we reach the lost with the message of the gospel. You see, Noah preached. And as far as we know, no one accepted Now, it might surprise you to know that when Jesus preached, there were multitudes of people who refused to believe. But they still ate the bread and the fish, didn't they? You understand? When he fed the multitude with the, with the, the loaves and the fish, yet they refused to believe. And many in that same crowd later on cried out, crucify Crucified. God is sovereign Lord of all creation, and he will hold his creation accountable. Make no mistake about it. Because God is a God of love, he must hold us accountable. The Bible teaches if a parent doesn't hold their child accountable, they don't really love that child. If a parent can't say no to a child, guess who's in charge? Children need to hear no. They need to hear no. And then they need to have it explained so that they understand why that no is so important. God has a standard of behavior that is pleasing to him, referring to the walk. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And God intends for us to walk with him as well. Oh, what a, what a privilege, what a treasure it is to walk with God. To spend time alone with God. Now, I wonder what uh, maybe some folks in your family or your friends, etc., if they invited you somewhere and you said, no, you know, I, I, uh, I've, I've devoted that time to, to spend to, to take a walk with God. wonder how they might respond. 
But yeah, he's, he's, he's lost one or two. Right? <laughs> Take a walk with God. Today, humanity is moving in the same direction as people before the flood of Noah's time. Judgment is approaching. The Bible teaches that judgment is coming. And the Lord desires to deliver lost people. That's the, the great commission. God's agenda is to save lost people because God has something waiting for us. Eternal life. You think the earth right now, I mean, and there are some beautiful places upon the face of the earth, to be sure. Beautiful places. Yet nothing to be compared with what God has waiting for those who love him. Now you say, you know, I've lived a long time. Well, just think of Noah. His greatest work began when he was 500 years old. And then it took 100 years. He was, he was working longer than most of us have been alive. Well, then I think all of us here. When the church is raptured, because the church is going to be raptured one day. We don't know when, but we know that it is. It's going to be raptured like Noah, like Elijah. It's going to be taken up. But when it is taken up, who will be left behind? You know, poor Noah. You can't imagine the, both Noah and, and his family. Imagine, imagine the cries of the people who drowned in the flood, banging on the, on the ark, and the animals. Imagine the pain, the pain. Brokenheartedness. When was the last time your, your heart broke for lost people? When I heard the news of, of the attack in Israel, I thought of the, the elderly and the little ones. And how many, sadly, sadly, there are many people, even in Israel, who they they just prefer to be called an Israeli, and they want nothing to do with faith. Oh, they'll go through the motions with the holidays, but they, they want nothing to do with faith. Much like people right here in the U.S. and in many parts of the world. And when the church is, is raptured, who is going to be left behind? Will one of your grandchildren be left behind? great-grandchild, a brother, a sister, dear friend, a former co-worker that has become your friend. We have a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous privilege to share God's love with them. So we're going to sing a hymn of invitation, Where He Leads Me. Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. Let's stand, please. If you're here today and you've not received Jesus, ask Him to come into your heart, into your life now and step out, maybe to join the church, step out, walk down the aisle. Don't wait, don't wait. As we sing, you come to the Lord Jesus.
We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.